Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Eight minutes after the hour, and Larry Wayland is in from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And Joe Gilbert is in from joegilbert.us. Uh, you go out and buy a firearm, and right now uh, the demand is exceedingly high. Many of you haven't owned a firearm before. You have, uh, perhaps, uh, you run out and you take some basic class that gives you the permission to carry the gun uh, in some locations. The problem is it takes more than just the permit. You have to know how to defend yourself, under what circumstances what you do can determine whether you live or die, whether you end up in prison or not. That's why you want to go see joegilbert.us and sign up for classes. Uh, Joe Gilbert on board with us, and we got a question from uh, Facebook. I live in Missouri. I'm headed to Arizona to visit a grieving sibling and other family members. I've not yet acquired a CCW permit. Can I carry a weapon and ammunition in my luggage without committing any crimes driving across state lines? Would it be best to leave the weapon at home? I'll uh, give this to Joe. Yeah. Another question that can't be answered. Um, I could I could answer it if I were to do the research. It depends. Yeah, it depends. Uh, in compliance with federal law, if it's not accessible and the ammunition and the firearm are separate, you can carry it theoretically across the country. Um, I wouldn't risk it in certain states. But you need to go to the state police website and to the attorney's general office for each state and look at their gun laws. They will tell you what's permitted for non-concealed carry permit holders. And that's... Don't go to, if you go to USCCA or NRA, any of those websites, they have all these laws. But if their website's not up to date, no, it doesn't hurt them any, you know, but it's going to affect your family. And even if it's, I tell you, even if it's a misdemeanor, uh, can you afford not to be at work for a year? You know, can you afford to, to lose your job? So uh, a misdemeanor, you can spend up to a year in jail. I, I would make sure that you do your own due diligence. But yeah, the state's attorney general's websites are the place to go for that, to get the most current laws and how each state would deal with, with a scenario like that. You know, you got a, a post on our Facebook page, Detecting a Stalker, yeah. Risk Identification and Counter-Surveillance Points for Women. Um, you know, if, if there's a, a, a group in society that is incredibly vulnerable, it is women. Uh, they lack the upper body strength in many cases. Uh, in fact, in most cases... Uh, Learning these skills is really important. It is, and it's um, it's a pretty good little primer kind of. The point is to make them think because we can't teach tradecraft and you know in one blog article. Um, but it's it's important, and if they start thinking, it's and it's particularly important for women because women are the ones that are burdened with uh, with the maternal responsibility. So when they've got kids in a stroller and putting kids in a car seat, I mean they are incredibly vulnerable. So um, you know. Recognizing that somebody's following you around in a store in a shopping aisle, if somebody is following you in traffic, these are all things that, that you really need to kind of build a few habits. And uh, there's some examples of uh, if you're being call, uh, tailed, moving automobile surveillance. It's very difficult, but, uh, you know, Ted Bundy type of guy, uh, hey, he's going to learn and he's going he's gonna to work to find you. So um, some good points in there. Well, it's just, uh, you know, an enhanced situational awareness that, yeah. that is, isn't intuitive for a lot of people. Right. And and being aware, you know, uh, that, that the article is fantastic, but like I say, it, it's not going to teach all the skills you need, but it'll certainly raise the awareness to, uh, man, maybe I should maybe I should seek out some training. Yeah. Maybe, man. Yeah. You know, and, and it's so, it's, it's this, one of the things I plan, it's this easy. If I follow somebody into, you know, big lots, 
Um, I follow them through big lots. I can get covert video of them doing all kinds of things. And we leave and we take off. By the time we roll into high V, um, I've got a different hat on and a different shirt. And I'm a completely different person as far as anybody knows. That's why we talk about looking at shoes, looking at pants, looking at wristwatch or tattoos. Um, you know, eye contact may or may not be appropriate depending on, yeah. on the, uh, the, the location. Um, but eye contact in a crowded place may signal, hey, I know you're watching me. And that may make them back off. Mm-hmm. Doing that out on the Katy Trail may just say, well, it's time now. You know, so yeah, trigger point. Yeah, these are things to think about. They're, they're, not, they're not hard, fast rules or answers, but um, good stuff. It is creepy when I turn around and see you back there, Joe. That's why I retired, because now I'm getting getting caught. Yeah, Yeah, going to Menards, and there's Joe. uh, It's uh, really scary. Well, I'll tell you, Uh, you know, when I gave you one thing. We talk about personal space. We're all pretty much aware of it, but, you know, if I've got a shopping cart between me and you in a grocery store, that shopping cart extends far enough out at arm's reach that I don't even trigger that that space. You know, if, yeah. if, if I'm going into the store to pick up just a, a, a steak for steak night, I'm going in to buy one item, I grab a cart. Yeah. Because it's, it's, a, it's an invaluable tool if I ever needed it, and it's right there. It, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's ubiquitous there in the store. It doesn't give, you know, doesn't tip any hands. Right. But it gives me some space and control, some control over some things, um, a, a, you know, a tool. And uh, like I say, if, if that little hand basket would have worked just fine or if I, you know, go in and just pick up the item, I'll always grab a cart. Yeah, I always grab a cart, too. It's a, it's a good barrier. Yeah. It's easier to shoplift that way, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that's why I wear the girdle. Yeah. That's, that's my dress and the girdle. My booster, booster coat for yeah. that. Yeah. Some All prime right. rib. <laughs> Man, he looks a lot chubbier than he did when he came in. Uh, all right, Larry, talk to me. Walter. Uh, yes. Q, Q5 match 9mm. You know, this the, we got a package of a, a beautiful used Walther Q5 match SF with the hollow sun red dot uh, sight on it. It's, uh, it's set up with a number of magazines, uh, extended floor plates. I've got the holster. I've got six mag pouches, five total magazines. This thing comes with everything but the winning trophy. <laughs> and uh, it it is uh, it is a joy to shoot. Um, Walter makes a lot of um, the uh, the Q5 guns. Um, this is the steel frame gun, so it's got significant weight to it, and um, it's got a great trigger, um, a large uh, extended beaver tail on the back of it. Uh, the the slide is relieved, um, so it's lighter weight, um, you know, than, than a full steel slide. Fiber optic sights. Uh, now these come when when you mount the optic on this Walther. We do remove the rear sight, um, but it's got all the plates to be able to put the iron sight back on if you're competing in, a, in an iron sight only game. Um, this is the the race gun of choice, and uh, like I say, it comes with everything but the trophy, a complete package. Yeah, that's Man. a fabulous German gun, and and I would bet money that this was traded in or sold. Only because they had the itch to buy something new. Because <laughs> that is a that is an ultimate tool right there. Yeah. So the, the only reason anybody gets rid of people like to trade stuff. Yeah, you know? trading trading hobbies and yeah. Uh, yeah, doing doing the toy transfer. Yeah, we always happy that. to help, help folks that. with that. <laughs> the toy transfer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I don't have unlimited resources for toys. So when I you know I get a new 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 yeah. passion, I need to cut something loose. To, to I tried that with women, but it's too expensive. <laughs> Cheaper to keep her. That's why I'm divorced. Where do you find that many women who are visually impaired? Lighthouse for the blind. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, Let's grab a quick phone call here while we're on it. Uh, Gary, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. 
Good morning, Gary. Uh, I have to apologize here because I can't think of the name of the law, but it was kind of a, it was a, a law that kind of set Missouri up as a sanctuary. Uh, Second law Amendment against, Preservation Act? That's it. Where are we at on that? Did it pass, or where, what are we doing? And the second thing I'd like to ask is I'd like to see our state go after gun manufacturers or ammunition manufacturers and try to get them to move to Missouri to, do, to make their product. I think Colts is going to end up in Arkansas now with C, uh, CZ buying them. And well, that, that, that's it would be it nice if they talk. All right. All right, Gary, uh, thank you very much for the call. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Look, I would love to see uh, all the manufacturers in the world uh, come to Missouri and create jobs. I think it would be terrific. What I don't want to see is the state legislator, uh, legislature uh, going out and saying, well, we're going to give you a tax break. Uh, we're going to give you a TIF or we're going to arrange this break because it, it's a burden for everybody else. Um, so, you know, here's a great environment. Uh, we're a great Second Amendment uh, state. Um, if you want to come here, you're going to have a lot of support from a lot of people who would love to work for you. But I don't want to see them uh, doling out any special tax break uh, uh, breaks for them. Um, that's just the libertarian in me. Uh, if you guys want to comment on that, you can. If not... <laughs> well, the odds of any of them coming to the city of Columbia are pretty low, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, not a, not yeah, a, we can't even get a CVS here. Yeah, Arcane's chicken. <laughs> yeah, but you know Boone County, um, maybe maybe in Columbia per se, it may be challenging to find uh, you know residents who are uh, real strong Second Amendment supporters. But the county itself is pretty positive. So is the state. Yeah, uh, and we do have a lot of people around here that manufacture guns uh, and and uh, and retail them. So um, it, it would be a great place. We'd love to have them. Uh, I just don't want tax breaks. All right. When we come back, the folks at Dodge may have a problem with the name of this next firearm from Modern Arms. From the Brown Station location. Uh, maybe not. We'll talk about it next. Grand Guns, Hot Talk 93.9 Eagle. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Larry Wayland is in from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And Joe Gilbert from joegilbert.us. Get that extra training. It means the difference, or can, between life and death <laughs> and, and financial insolvency. Yes, we choose victory. Yeah. Yes, I like that. Um, all right, so uh, if you go over to Modern Arms, they have on the wall... A, a nine millimeter Springfield that they're calling the Hellcat. I think the Dodge folks would probably question that, but okay. This is a lot faster than a Hellcat. Yeah, doesn't um, have quite the foot pounds of torque, but uh, no, these are these it. are great little handguns. Um, you know, we've seen a huge expansion in the uh, subcompact, high capacity nine millimeter magazine or nine millimeter firearms uh, has really exploded over the past couple years. This is Springfield's offering, the Hellcat. An 11-round magazine capacity, so 12 rounds of total payload in a gun that, I mean, less than 10 years ago would have would have been a 380, yeah, with about uh, eight rounds of capacity. And now they have uh, they have made the the internal capacity of these guns so large, and the shootability. I was uh, I was really kind of skeptical of these uh, really small. Um, concealable high-capacity magazines or high-capacity firearms. I was afraid they would be excessive on recoil, but the, uh, the the Hellcat is a joy to shoot. Great little guns. It comes, you know, factory-equipped with night sights, a high-vis um, dot or high-vis high circle around that front sight, 
and a U-notched rear sight. So we're, we're putting that, that round dot into the uh, round U-shaped rear sight. It's a very intuitive sight picture. Uh, great little guns, well-appointed, um, great triggers. Um, this, is, this is really changing the market for sure uh, for what's out there. This, you know, the Springfield um, Hellcat, the SIG 365 are both very similar in that category. And um, it, it's, it's a joy to be able to offer something like this uh, with that kind of capacity, which before we were in that eight to nine round capacity on a gun this size, and now we're in the, the 10 and 12 round magazine capacities. Wow, it is amazing, and Keebler, it is an easy Keebler gun to elves and magic, yeah, Keebler elves. I think they hired all the all the Keebler elves to make these guns using their magic. You don't have to have a ham hock of a hand to wrap around the grip either, and oh. that I think is kind of nice. Sasquatch. Yeah, actually, it's amazing. Haptics. I, I dislike that word, haptics, because I sound weird. But they've <laughs> you, done you, some magic. Believe me, it's not because you know the word haptics. Oh, okay. Well, they've done some magic because you've got a very small firearm um, shooting full pressure nine millimeters. And virtually no recoil. I mean, these guns are so easy to manage as, as compared to like a, a Walther uh, PPS or something. Yeah. Um, there's some magic with the 365 and the Hellcat. They just are a dream to shoot. Well, Springfield makes a terrific firearm. Um, I, I really like their work. Uh, CZ does too. And, oh, before I get to the CZ uh, that you've got... Uh, mm -hmm. What ammo do you have for sale? Um, well, um, I have a box of, of appropriate caliber handgun ammunition to sell with any of our firearms that we have for sale. Um, but I don't have that same ammo on the shelf for sale separate from purchase of a firearm. We do have uh, 55 grain, 223 ammunition, 100-round uh, boxes. It's 95 bucks, but uh, we do have it in stock on the shelf. I also have some 300 blackout. I believe, I don't know the bullet weight on that. I'll get that wrong. But we've got 100-round boxes of 300 Blackout at $115. It is not subsonic. I do know that uh, from memory, but I don't remember the bullet weight. It's just hard to get your hands on ammo. It is. Um, and and it, it just it, it is what it is. And it'll, it's going to take them a good year. Uh, and I'm not talking about the tire company, but it's going to take them a good year to... to uh, catch up i think maybe even more because the demand is unceasing I, I talked to a distributor on the phone yesterday she's a friend of mine and she has not seen ammunition come through their door in two months yeah and this wow. this is a major distributor on the east coast you know if the democrats really want to uh reduce your ability to defend yourself all they have to do is stay in office <laughs> <laughs> you can't, as long as everybody's afraid, uh, nobody can get anything. All right, let's move on because you, uh, because wait, there's more. There's CZ more, yeah. P10. The CZ P10C, um, a, uh, a, a beautiful striker-driven offering from, from CZ um, with a 15-round uh, magazine capacity. Very analogous to uh, what all the gun guys know as a Glock 19. Uh, very similar in size, capacity. Uh, but CZ does some really nice stuff with their ergonomics, uh, interchangeable back straps, great triggers from the factory, uh, standard light rail, cocking serrations, both front and rear. And um, unlike some of the, uh, the CZs, there's enough slide to hold on to on this one. Some of the frame rails on some of their other products get so high, there's very little, uh, very little slide rail to grab. Um, but with this one, the, there's, there's quite a bit to, to, to purchase and um, really well appointed. Sells at 600 bucks for a very clean used gun. And with all of our used guns, we have our absolute no-fault warranty 
we stand behind them because you can't stand in front of them. Uh, if it doesn't operate as designed by the manufacturer, we will buy it back. So there's never a risk of buying a used gun at Modern Arms. You know, as hard as it is to get your hands on a new firearm, and as expensive as they are, getting a secondhand firearm saves you a ton of money, and you're just just as well off. I, I, I don't have a problem with that at all. That's one of the things new people have a problem with new shooters they don't want to use guns right the experienced shooters they they don't they don't care they well they they, stand you know after you've had some experience in the industry you understand that virtually nobody can afford to wear a gun out right if we're just shooting them you, you you can shoot them all day long for many many days years and and not you know not degradate the the material that's there and and make it ineffective um, you know, nobody can afford to, to wear their guns out. Now, they can be abused out, um, you know, just through uh, misuse and neglect. But uh, to, 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 to wear a gun out from firing it uh, is virtually impossible. It is. In, and, in the and, yeah, for sure. The, yeah, recall spring from Midway USA for yeah. four or five bucks and the gun's brand new again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, they they're, don't hesitate to, to pursue a used firearm. Speaking of not being able to wear a gun out, you've got a Smith & Wesson. 38 special. I do. And you cannot wear those things out. Well, I mean, and, and this is a, you know, a heritage gun from Smith & Wesson. It's a 67-1, a four-inch revolver, five, I'm sorry, six shot. Uh, this has the, the stainless steel finish, uh, the pinned barrel, a red ramp front sight, adjustable rear sight. Uh, this is an early Smith. It does have the hammer-mounted firing pin instead of the frame-mounted firing pin. Uh, so there's no interlock device on this Smith & Wesson, as some of them are equipped with now. Uh, so it's a, a beautiful, uh, beautiful revolver that will last for many generations to come. And uh, we've got a clean used one priced at six sixty five today in a market where I cannot buy any Smith & Wesson revolvers from any of our distributors nationwide. Nobody has any to sell, not even Magnum X frames, which, you know, I never thought those that product category would sell out, but there, there's none to buy, so... Yeah. Strange all times. All right, you're listening to Gary on Guns. We're going to get you up to date on the Second Amendment Preservation Act, and uh, we're going to talk about what to do after you've used your firearm to defend yourself. Uh, studies have come to a conclusion about the smartest move. We'll talk about it next. Gary on Guns, Hot Talk 93.90. Hey, welcome. It's 35 minutes after the hour. Joe Gilbert, joegilbert.us. On board with us this morning also is Larry Whalen from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And, uh, you know, and, and this is really probably more up uh, uh, Joe's alley. That uh, that almost sounded dirty, but it really... Yeah, I just mean. had a colonoscopy last week, so yeah, keep the jokes coming. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I always apologize to the doctor for whatever they may see there. Um, <laughs> This is how to deal with the aftermath of a self-defense shooting. The story is at Buckeye Firearms. Um, the emphasis would be uh, the negative impact of stress on thinking, speaking memory, and behavior. Uh, and so it's recommended that you assert your Fifth Amendment right to speak to legal counsel before you uh, make a statement to the police. Strictly limit what you say to them uh, or do immediately uh, after defending yourself with a firearm. And it's not a legal maneuver. This is based on science. Uh, there is a, uh, a precedent for the advice from law enforcement community 
because police officers are generally allowed a period of time to recover physically and emotionally before they give a statement or deal with investigators after uh, a, an officer-involved shooting. Uh, apparently, uh, you know, all the adrenaline, all the pressure, all of uh, the tumult that goes on in your mind, uh, you need a few minutes to kind of put yourself together. Um, and, and it takes time. Uh, you can't just... And, and, and for some reason, I think people want to defend themselves. They want to tell the police everything they can. Uh, but that's a, a that could be dangerous, Joe, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. That's why when we talk about drilling down on cliches, you know, and um, uh, self-defense cliches, pre-need decision-making, tape loops, etc., tape loops are critical. Um, I repeat them all the time. I use them, and they're important. And if, you, if, if you're a police officer and you roll up on a scene, somebody's shot, and there's a shooter, um, and the shooter refuses to speak, you know, he's going to investigate it as a homicide, you know, and it is a homicide, but now... You know, your ability to say something different later is, is going to be tough. You know, once once the ebb, the tide starts to ebb, it's hard to get it to flow back in your way. Your way. So, um, yeah, we, we teach people to to identify yourself. I'm the one that called you. You know, this person tried to murder me. I was in fear for my life. And then uh, point out the evidence, point out the witnesses, tell them that you'll sign a complaint. And when your attorney arrives, you'll have my full cooperation. And then after that, stop talking. But these are tape loops that we have to learn. And stop talking. Yes. That, that, that's, that, that's probably the, one of the, the key things there is I'm willing to cooperate. I'm waiting on my attorney. And then go silent. Let but it's know. hard. Oh, it's yeah. hard to you, do that. Well, you want to you you tell them, look, I'm not guilty. See, here's what happened. Yeah, right. you're on the child's side of the parent-child yeah, equation. Want, you want to please at and, that point, and that, <clears throat> that's, that's dangerous. I mean, if you've, ever been, if you've ever been pulled over by a police officer and, and he asks you a question and then pauses... And you answer, and then he pauses. It's that uncomfortable silence you want to please. So you want you know, to fill that silence right, with, it's with a trained more, technique yeah. to fill the silence. So, um, yeah, we train people not to do it, and it is a physiological issue. It's not a. It's uh, when you get that epinephrine, norepinephrine cursing through your body, all your perception is altered. So you've got tachypsychia where things uh, uh, appear to happen in slow motion, auditory exclusion where you may not hear things. We've got tunnel vision, which in reality is magnification vision, mm -hmm. um, based on the things that I've read, the accounts that I've read. So this is why we don't give details. We don't say how big was it, how big was, how, how big was the knife. Right. Um, right. <laughs> 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 so, somebody's going to quantify again. that at <laughs> some point, yeah. The knife, the knife. <laughs> yeah, the knife. How big was the knife? How many rounds did he fire? How, how far away were they? All these things um, are going to be incorrect if we try. And, and, and even though we could explain it, the variance away it's not going to look good in front of a jury. You're going to look like a liar. It's an inaccuracy and, right. and can be played as, as a lie or as, as falsehood, yeah. So, boy, Joe is on a polysyllabic roll today. Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly. Uh, bring out the thesaurus, the dictionary. Um, you know, in the news media, we do the same thing. You go to interview somebody and you ask them a question, and sometimes they'll give you a short answer, uh, you know, a yes or a no. But if you can just hold the microphone in front of them and say nothing... They start to roll. They start to talk. Um, and and that's the same, you know, it's the same idea. Right. And now if we extrapolate this, let's go one step further. This is why training is so important. Now you've shot somebody and you know what to say because you've been trained. And they take you to the jail and you call your wife. <laughs> yeah. 
and these phones are recorded. Hey, what are you doing? I told you not to buy that gun. What the hell did you do, honey? You, you need to know what to say to your wife. Your wife needs to know what not to say. Yeah. You know, whoever you're, it may not be your wife. It may be a best friend if you're not married. But you have to have somebody who knows what to do and what steps to put into action. What, you know, you got to get the machinery started to defend yourself yep. immediately. So that, that's uh, something that you have to put in your mind before you walk down the street. Right. Um, and, and that's important. Delay enhances an officer's ability to more accurately and completely respond to questions uh, based on studies that they've done. This is the general conclusion from 20 years of scientific research on sleep and memory consolidation. And it's the position supported by the Police Psychological Services Section of the International Association of Chiefs of Police, which is comprised primarily of psychologists and other experts on human behavior who are intimately familiar with the law enforcement experience. Uh, so this is good advice. Uh, you, you'll you want to prepare yourself. Uh, I happen to know uh, a couple of attorneys in a couple of areas around the country <laughs> that I would call uh, in the event something happened. Um, you know, and, and Columbia's got some great attorneys uh, that can defend you. Uh, but kind of look into it in advance. Yeah, you know, the International Association of uh, Chiefs of Police, they recommend you know, it's 48 to 72 hours before their officers talk to anybody. And, you know, there are different rules on what they can use their statements for. But um, nevertheless, they recommend it for police. It's, it's appropriate for us. Yeah. Um, so, you know, take the advice. It, it could save you. Um, because even if you win, if they take you to court, if, if they decide they're going to prosecute and they take you to court... It's going to cost you probably more money than you have. Uh, defending yourself under those circumstances is really pretty challenging. Yes, and, uh, that's, and that's just the beginning because then you've got the civil side. You can be acquitted criminally because it has to have, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt. Civil side is just a preponderance of the evidence. And then with comparative fault, um, man. They, I, I could see somebody breaking into your home, you shooting and paralyzing them, and then they argue that if you would have if you would have done this or had a better lock on your door, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So you're five percent responsible, but it's a two million dollar uh, award. So you're fi responsible for five percent of two million bucks. You got that? Yeah. Um, this is just incredibly ugly, ugly stuff. It's amazing how often, and I've seen this. Uh, we've covered some of these stories in the past where. Somebody breaks into a house and they end up getting shot, and and you know the family is outraged. Uh, I remember one case in particular where a guy was uh, burglarizing a house. The homeowner found him uh, coming toward him, uh, coming out the window. He was outside, and the guy's coming out of the uh, uh, out of the uh, out of the house toward the homeowner, and he gets shot. And his family is saying. Well, in our neighborhood, this is how we get money. How could you do this? <laughs> it's like, what? How do these people, th what are they, how, how are they rationalizing this? It, it's amazing how they do it, but somehow they do. They, they think that, uh, you know, they shouldn't be caught or, or, you know, nobody should defend themselves. It's, it's, it's uh, screwy thinking. We, we got a message on uh, the Second Amendment Preservation Act on Facebook from Greg. I'll tell you what he has discovered next on Gary on Guns. Hot Talk, 93.9 The Eagle. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. 
Uh, if you just tuned in, let me tell you what you missed, because we had Dave Rowland, an, an attorney that uh, my re regular weekday listeners are familiar with. He's a really good uh, conservative libertarian uh, attorney talking about uh, a gun case in California that could end up at the Supreme Court that could affect gun owners all across the country. Uh, we've been talking with Joe Gilbert from JoeGilbert.us about how to protect yourself and your family. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely go to his website, sign up, take a class. It could mean the difference between being broke or being in prison uh, and, and, frankly, living or dying. And then uh, Larry Whalen on board from Modern Arms. Over at the Brown Station location. Yeah, brought in uh, a couple of really neat guns that uh, we had to uh, we had to slap uh, Joe's hands twice to get the gun back, but he, he, he gave it up. He was, I like that revolver. I'm telling you, that's the one to keep in your house. Mm -hmm. That's that's the one that if it ends up in front of a jury, they're going to go, Grandpa had a gun like that. And it's it's the perfect home defense gun. It is. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're not going to train and run run an automatic pistol. You know, if you're an older person that doesn't want to do that, or a female, it doesn't want have you have no, you know, desire to train. That revolver Larry's got is spot on. Yeah, it's the the shortest shortest training curve for sure. Yeah. yeah. It also doesn't require a great deal of hand strength. No. To use, uh, it it may you know for uh, for many of us it's it's like what how could you not know how to rack how could you not have the strength to rack a firearm, but for some people who have arthritis uh, or uh, other injuries or whatever, uh, it can be a challenge. Uh, and I guess that's why the EZ is such a... Yeah, the Shield EZ mm -hmm. is a fantastic product that's sold in both 9mm and three eighty, and none are available currently. I haven't seen one for, I don't know, it's been three or four weeks since I've had one come through the store. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's, a, it's a great option for those people with a little, little less hand strength. Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm still young, and I'm, I need one of those rubber things. I couldn't get a jar of pineapple preserves open last night. <laughs> like, I'm tapping on it with a knife, all the tricks I watched my grandma do. I still didn't get it open. <laughs> I just Let me just help you here, Joe. You're not still young. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I self-identify as young, and you have to celebrate that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been so much worse. But he's uh, just self-identifying as young today. So that's <laughs> yeah, it's safe. Tomorrow, <laughs> well, who knows? Um, anyway, uh, he he brought on board a, a, a whole host of firearms. Larry did from Modern Arms at the Brown Station location. And uh, if you uh, if you want them, uh, you just got to race over there. Yeah, we'll uh, be open at uh, about ten minutes after ten, and um, through there there through six o'clock tonight. Come see us. Yeah, and he's got a box of ammo for every firearm he sells. That is available for purchase with each of the firearms. Yes, make so, that. I guess we pe should make that well, clear. People hear that and they think it's included, and I apologize. It, it's not. I've got to got to keep that separate. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's no returning the gun without the box. <laughs> Indeed, but if you uh, need six boxes of ammo, come buy six guns. I'll hook you up. <laughs> You're such a generous guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in the meantime, uh, we were talking about the Second Amendment Preservation Act, uh, and we got a, a, a response from a listener, Greg. He says, about the Second Amendment Preservation Act, I contacted Senator Rowden's office over a week ago. An aide told me that it was not in committee yet and would be months before it would be uh, uh, let out to a vote on the Senate floor. They need lots of calls. Well, if that's what's holding them back, let's get on the phones and start calling our senators and telling them, pass the Second Amendment Preservation Act. Yeah. Uh, 
because it really does need to happen, especially now that Biden's in the White House. Uh, he's, li- he's, he's already making inroads. We've talked about this. Uh, the, co- the House of Representatives just passed two bills that are stupid uh, and that won't protect anybody from anything. Uh, and, and it's liable to get worse before it gets better. So this is an important piece of legislation that we need to get through right now. Uh, I might also point out that the state of Missouri, and I'm kind of surprised about this. I would have thought Florida or Texas uh, would have been, you know, the pioneering place for uh, Second Amendment protection. But it appears to be Missouri. I mean, when you think about it, it, it's kind of amazing. It's It's not what I would have expected. But other states, other red states, are looking at what we're doing in Missouri and saying... We're going to have to follow that lead. Pretty I'm, impressive. Yeah, I'm glad that we're out front on that. And like I say, we just need to push through and, and get this thing uh, to the governor's desk so that we can have it uh, part of our laws here. Uh, it, it does uh, it, it does me good. I just I feel good about it. I think uh, people in the state of Missouri are just going to be a lot safer. Um, ex-husband shoots into ex's apartment. Uh, didn't work out too well for him. A domestic disturbance turned deadly recently when a man shot and killed an angry ex-husband who allegedly opened fire with an AR-15. The fatal shooting took place in Alabama on March 3rd. A series of shots rang out that night, alerting those nearby of the trouble. During a 911 call, gunshots could be heard in the background. Initially, we weren't sure what it was, said one of their neighbors. We thought it might have been backfire from a vehicle, but then we heard a uh, consecutive shot. There may have been a third and maybe 30 to 60 seconds, and we heard additional shots. Police say the firefight broke out in an apartment complex. Uh, Two adversaries fired up to 15 shots in what police called a domestic dispute. Uh, Vincent... uh, uh, one guy allegedly showed up at his ex-wife's apartment banging his rifle against the apartment door. He allegedly began firing rifle rounds through the door. Looks like he broke the door in with the butt of the rifle. Inside, a firefight ensued between Vincent and the woman's current boyfriend. Ultimately, the boyfriend shot and killed Vincent, stopping a fatal situation that could have turned out even worse. Uh, They don't tell me what the... uh, the handgun was for the boyfriend, but he was going up against an AR-15 and he prevailed. Uh, that takes uh, what a combination of luck and skill, Joe. Yeah, um, better have guy, better have a good plan. Yeah, yeah. maybe he emptied his magazine on the AR and couldn't reload in time. I don't know, but yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to face a, a carbine with a pistol. But hey, it worked. And imagine yeah. if he didn't have it. Yeah, there'd be two dead people there. Two dead, no doubt. innocent victims. Yeah, but they won't get counted. Um, you know, the, the story won't get the kind of uh, coverage that it should. But, but uh, you know, firing an AR-15 in an apartment building, I'm surprised that people three doors down uh, didn't get killed. Yeah, uh, that, that's, yeah. just, that's just insane. It is, and a, and a good example of what could happen. I mean, we saw the um, uh, where police officers were charged for shooting that woman in the hallway that when they served a no-knock warrant. And uh, some of the firing went through walls into other into other units. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's scary. 
lot, lot of energy there. You've got to really be accountable for each of those rounds and, and make good choices in that, that scenario for sure. Yeah, that's actually that's a question we get asked a lot. What's a, what's a good round that won't penetrate? None. They all go through a wall. That's why we you know hit your target. Yeah. There are some that are better, though. I, I would argue the FN 5-7 uh, uh, is not a bad round if you're inside a building. Uh, it's actually, if I'm not mistaken, and Larry, uh, you, you can quickly follow up on this but it, it if i'm not mistaken it's designed to tumble in it yeah it, it's it's designed to lose energy uh, rather rapidly after hitting a void beyond the beyond the media uh but still we gotta you gotta know what those limitations are and and and, and you know make good choices in that it's uh, get educated and get informed head on down to modern arms at the brown station location because those firearms are going quick and sign up with joe gilbert at joegilbert.us thanks guys whatever it is in life that you want go out and get it don't wait for the government to drop it in your life. You make it happen. Seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.